allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners, wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers know that you are blessed? I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best. And I hope that you choose your own religion. Hello, my sweet, sweet sinners. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. If you're coming back to us, welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Uh, this is the show where we explore the, all this stuff, this this subject that is so near and dear to our hearts. And uh, I'm exploring it because my dad is a Presbyterian minister, and I'm neither. But this is still a subject that matters a lot to me. And I'm so happy to have Andrew Yanker on the show today. This is uh, this is a bit, bit of the, the hippiest episode that I, I have, but... You know, I've shit on myself a lot for being a hippie, for being weird. You you start letting you just start letting the cultural conversation and the cultural placement of hippie, new agey stuff get under your skin. And look, taking it too seriously maybe would be a mistake. But on the other hand, I love this side of me, and I love Andrew, and I really like this conversation we had. And it's not even that incomprehensible. So listen and enjoy. Um, there's a couple of subjects that come up that we just mentioned in passing, and I don't really delve into that much detail on, but I feel like I need to just catch you guys up on real quick. Um, we mentioned uh, float labs. And now float labs are something that are they're, they're also called isolation chambers. And they're these little pods that you can find, and there, there are a couple of different locations in L.A. where you go and... They're designed to completely shut off all of your senses. So you climb in this little this little soundproof pod that has room temperature water that is filled with Epsom salt so that you float on top of it. And it's you cover it up and so that you're in this, this pitch black pod. So you don't see anything, you don't hear anything, and once the water settles, you don't feel anything either. And you're left with this deep, deep meditative state. It's, it's just you and your thoughts which can be such a terrifying thing for a lot of us, but it can be a real gateway to working out some shit and doing some heavy lifting. So now you know what we're, what we're talking about there. Um, there's another part where we talk about Ram Das. Now Ram Das, that's spelled R-A-M-D-A-S-S. He is, again, one of these hippie giants. He has such a fascinating life story. One of the forefathers of psychedelics in a way. He started off Richard Alpert, a... Uh, a Harvard professor who had all of the material trappings that, that we love to have took a ton of psychedelics and realized that he couldn't stay in this high state all the time. And so he wanted to find a way to, to naturally come about and be and feel and embody that highness all the time. And he went to India and he changed his name to Ram Das, which is servant of God. He's just a straight-up genius with a heart that is purer than anything I've ever read. And a top-five spirituality book for me is Be Here Now, which he wrote back in the early 70s. Again, the, what I'm talking about his life is not serving of justice. So 
Don't take my word for it. Go to Wikipedia or something. You know that sounds like such a cop-out. It's crowdsourced. Check it out. And finally, uh, the last thing that I feel like I need to catch you guys up on is uh, we mentioned Avenue Q, which, uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's a Broadway musical where puppets fuck. So that's everything you need to know. Uh, welcome to the show. Check out Andrew on... Uh, he, he's got a YouTube channel called Mount Yanker that has has his, uh, his sketches on it. You, you've just missed Andrew. He runs a great podcast called Morning Yoga, which... If you like this episode, I think you'll like that show, too, because it's a lot of this. And uh, he runs an, a stand-up show in L.A. called Parties On. And, uh, yeah, if you follow him, you'll you'll find out the next dates for all of those. So please welcome Andrew into your hearts. Please welcome yourselves into your own hearts. And uh, as we say every week on Choose Your Own Religion, as is the rule, Ja Rule. that side of me but it's also what makes you unique which is like yeah I, honestly yeah I, like yeah. yeah everyone wants to relate that's the traditional thing in stand-up comedy like right. everyone wants to relate and relate you got to be relatable it's like but it's all about it's also about what makes you unique totally in yeah. all art it's like what makes you unique like if everyone's yeah. trying to be the same and trying to be relatable yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's like you're fighting for this small little inch of things yeah we totally. all do dishes and do whatever but yeah no that's something i yeah you like <laughs> you think about in terms of like how you want to uh i don't know approach stand-up versus like the normal kind of like seinfeldian like observations right or like i don't know every nobody cares what my like take on <laughs> on series or maybe is. they do i don't know maybe it's interesting maybe it's an interesting take on it yeah you know but it's got to be really interesting it's got to be really interesting it's got to be different the bar the internet has raised the bar of observations yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you, there's not another Jerry Seinfeld going to come along and, like, yeah. change the game on shaving. You know, right. like, no one... Right, you know, right, right. Like, but then sometimes, I don't know, getting overly... I, I can get, like, personal and, like, bordering on sentimental more than, like, funny. I think that's a, that's one problem I, I run into with, like, going too personal. Sometimes I forget to make... To put jokes in there. Yeah. You know? I, I run into that, too. Yeah, so. but... I've, well, I don't know. I haven't seen you in a while, but I remember... You used to be like kind of absurdist, sort of. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much. It feels weird, like overanalyzing it, but like, uh, I don't know. It seems like you were more of the like absurd style. I, I think I still am. I think I'm finding more absurdity yeah. recently. But I do find that too when I get personal sometimes. Like I will just tell a story and I'll be like, "Wait, that wasn't funny. That was right. sad." And <laughs> yeah. everyone's bummed out. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like it's towing that line because it's like. You want to be fun. You want to, you do as a comedian, you kind of have to be funny all the time. Right. Which is a very weird thing. That's, yeah. And it's a very possibly powerless thing, too. Like, you realize when when people, people who are powerful, they allow everyone to feel everything. They're not trying to be funny all the time. It's a weak thing to be funny all the time. Right. Kind of. Because it's like you're not allowing anyone to take you seriously on anything you say. Yeah. Totally, yeah. It's um, I, I think something I've um, so I've been doing improv the past year, and uh, you know that, that's a big thing. In a lot of like, the more farther you get, you realize like, there's a certain degree that you should not try to be funny. Like, you should just be your natural self and focus. I, I heard one teacher say, focus on being interesting. And I think it's the same thing with stand up. Like, good stand up is like you're more 
it starts from being I don't know. It's also sometimes it's just the dumbest shit is the funniest shit, and I, yeah. I like doing that. Yeah, it doesn't dude. have to be some grand thing, even though I I want it to be. <laughs> right, right. We all we so all. bad, you know. So uh, I'm curious about. So you have morning yoga. That's uh, you started that a couple months ago. Yeah. Or so is that? And I know I know you teach yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been teaching yoga for? Um. It's really been off and on. Um, I got my certification. I've done privates with people. I've taught at a few different studios. I'm not teaching right now. I'm, I'm trying to find the balance um, between uh, basically doing yoga and doing comedy and pursuing and like because they both are very similar Mm. and it's like which one do you focus on more and right now i'm focusing more on comedy and writing and making stuff because like with yoga yoga is so inclusive too that becomes Uh your life so they're good it's hard to balance them it's really hard because there's such different communities totally and uh (laughs) but they're great i honestly great because the yoga community is a lot more like spiritual and like nurturing and they're like don't call yourself an idiot yeah. you know like and right. then y- comedy is like yeah call yourself an idiot it's great <laughs> yeah. like you're an idiot yeah you know we're all idiots you know like and I yeah, caught, yeah, yeah. and it's funny it's like I caught myself calling myself an idiot and Trader Joe's and the woman was just like no don't say that you're not an idiot that's idiot. so fascinating not yeah idiot. like they, these you know you don't think about it but when you choose a whatever community it is you're you are tapping it like if you hang out in that community you will tap into their group think your their group oh yeah attitude their group philosophy yeah with unintentional like completely unintentionally mm-hmm. and it's uh it's so funny to the but i'm going back to something you just said too about yoga and comedy being very similar now when you said that i was like i don't how the fuck <laughs> how the fuck are they the same but then if i had to guess mm-hmm. tell me if i'm off on this is it like energy management mm-hmm. is that the commonality yeah i mean yeah i think it's a lot about energy i i think comedy is a lot about energy i mean i i would argue that comedy is mostly energy it's same. mostly moving energy in a room yeah like yeah people care about what you're saying but not totally like not really like like people do care like people want to listen to what you're saying but most of the time like i don't know maybe and this is my personal experience i'm a very physical performer i'm a very animated performer so people usually don't even listen to what i'm saying like they really don't and yeah. it's and it's interesting like i i i always had conflict with that but i i think i i i like what i say and i put effort into what i say so that doesn't matter to me if, yeah. it it because it's about ringing true it's about like the passion and making it like feel like the first time. If you can make every performance yeah. feel like the first time, then everyone is like enthralled. Like right. no one's able to look down at their phone and ignore you. You're it's hypnosis. You, you it's hypnosis. You can't be yeah. ignored. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's what I love about performance and that and with yoga, I love yoga because um and any kind of exercise honestly, yoga is great because yoga is is like about like stretching your body and and working energy through your body through um because a lot of us have so many blockages because we're driving and we're sitting and we're typing and we're blocking our bodies you know and and when you're getting to your body and you get in yoga and you're making your body flow freely you're releasing just everything you're releasing everything in a way that laughter has that same therapeutic quality Mm -hmm. when it's when it's good laughter when it's solid laughter and um and what was the final thing i was gonna say with this um i i feel like 
when you're when you do yoga, you really listen. You end mm. up really listening when any kind of sweat or any kind of exercise. Um, it's like you, the people around you in the exercise class, you're connected. You're like way more connected than you ever would be just on the street yeah. because you did something together that was that was fitness. It was very physical, mm-hmm. and it was. It's like you served. This is no. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I, I'm so removed from. But I'm just saying the physicality. It's like your brothers or your <laughs> your your a bond. You have yeah. this bond. Yeah, it's physical totally. bond. The same way that an audience feels a bond. You know that there's a subtle shift in difference when you enter the the classroom or you enter the comedy club. You're you're all strangers to each other. But then at the end of the hour, you can like look at people and be like, oh yeah, we shared a lot of the same. Right, like, like we shared an experience tonight that was very like yeah therapeutic, like you said, very yeah. in your body. Um, but with shows, a lot of times, especially at like comedy clubs and a lot of performances, everything is so like put on a pedestal, you know, like hmm, they're performing, you know, right? And well, like, that, that's mm. like to me, that's serving the hypnosis. That's serving, yeah, like that's trying to make it more conducive in the same way that you might give a yoga instructor. They get to sit at the front, you know, yeah. they're in front of everybody. Right. I mean, it's a very subtle leadership and they have maybe a microphone or something or they have some way of uh because we that's part of it's almost like we have to submit a little bit to something greater than ourselves for the time of a performance or a class it's the instructor it's the comedian but that's i don't know that's part of tapping into that higher self to me it's yeah it's listening that's almost what listening is at its like core it's like i'm gonna let you uh have like telekinesis with me for a second yeah and that's what I that's what I love about exercise again because it's like it forces you to listen like if you've exerted yourself like you listen way more like if you ever notice like totally after a run or after like Uh something like you're immediately after that you're like Uh yeah what are you saying to me like what are you really saying to me yeah yeah you know like totally it's just it opens you man exercise is something that like it has come and gone in my life I'm doing okay with it now but like it's so fu- it's so dumb how easy it, it works in terms of like fixing a depression because like I don't know I went through like some needless like stretches of depression in my life yeah. where all I just need to do was like oh just fucking run just like pick up something heavy repeatedly but like in your head like when you're in that I don't know I got the I, I used to be like this like hyper like just too in like I don't know intellectual type like over and like proud of being intellectual like that gross type of thing and so then you're like no it can't be as simple as right. just exercise it can't be as simple as get in your body and be in touch with that mm-hmm. but it fucking is <laughs> it is mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. that easy just yep. put on some shorts and go out it's mm-hmm. not I mean look there's also there are some legitimate very legitimate mental illnesses that can't be cured just yeah, by that yeah of course, of course so. but I'm just talking about me, average, random, average, random person. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we just live in, we live in such a, you know, like stressful, high stakes world, constantly being bombarded by like all, (laughs) everything's over, like every, like everything's over, everything's over. Like, Mm. uh, you know, like they, Mm -hmm. they're doing like stories about like heart disease on Valentine's day, you know, like, you know, it's just like this fear culture. And it, it's like, yeah. Yeah, fear of losing what we have or, I don't know, fear of not making it. Fear of fear of not acquiring some idea of what the future should be. That's all, like, anxiety is. It's like, whenever I feel it, it's just, it's like, oh, man, this, like, 
if I never, you know, make it as a comedian in my whatever that means, yeah. whatever that means, the goalpost will always move. Though yeah. once you get to that future, it'll always be oh well. Once I have my own show, oh oh. Once then I finally like direct my own feet. Like it, we all will yeah. just keep moving. That's what anxiety does. You're, it just keeps moving that yeah. goalpost so you're never happy. And you keep denying yourself. You keep denying your own existence right now because yeah. you say I will exist in the future when right. this happens. I will exist now. I will right. exist when this happens or when these situations happen or when I. I will exist then. Uh-huh. No, you exist right now, and you will exist then, or uh, maybe. But you, yeah. all you know is you exist right now, right? Or just, even just as simple as like the, I get, I will give myself the permission to be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once I accomplish this, and you know, I mean, there's. Don't get me wrong. I feel I naturally feel worse when I don't feel like I'm making some kind of progress and in, in life in general. Right. When I feel like I'm being stagnant just stuck at a status quo that doesn't feel good i want i do want to progress in in a broad just in a broad sense though i think when you have specific goal things mm-hmm. have you ever heard of like this concept of like systems versus goals hmm. like systems thinking versus goals thinking no i haven't it's something that uh scott adams who wrote dilbert i just randomly like, oh, like kind of came across an art a blog post he's talking about it and uh the idea of like goals thinking is what we're kind of our default, I would say, Western culture is, which is like, oh, I'm gonna like my goal is to lift 200 pounds. My goal is to right. have be number one right. uh, album on iTunes or something. My goal is to X Y. Like you have specific things. Well, if you have that mindset, all the way up until you achieve that, you're going to be like bummed out because you're going to be anxious. You're going to be like, fuck, I'm not successful. I I am failing. Yeah, because success means. This specific thing Right But then systems thinking Is more like Your process You're like I'm just gonna Record a podcast A week or something Or I'm gonna You know I'm going to do Some kind of exercise today I don't know what exercise I don't know how fast I'm gonna do it Or whatever And when you have that Then you feel like Okay Bam I was successful today I don't know I haven't I am not number one On iTunes But I did Jog And I feel better you know, mm-hmm. have you ever, are you like a process guy? Have you ever- I think, yeah, I think I'm definitely, I mean, I always struggled. Like everyone, you know, kind of always pitied me when I was growing up because I was very, I could never, I was always losing everything and I was oh, yeah. out of, you know, I was out of my mind kind of as a kid and hyper anxious <laughs> and everyone, Holy Andrew, like, ooh, you know, those forced <laughs> smiles of just like, you blew it, you know, like, and it's just, yeah. I had yeah. so much of that growing up and, and I think it was, and even like one of the first jokes someone ever told me was, uh, Andrew missed the time management workshop, you know, because like my roommate would make fun of me and be like, yeah, Andrew missed the time management because I needed it, you know, and I would miss it. I would never manage time well enough to take it. Where do you think that uh, came from? I, um, I just think it was a frustration with organization in general, like frustration Mm. with getting organized and hating being, hating the process of getting organized, but then loving it when it was organized, (laughs) but then not (laughs) sustaining that, you know? And I don't know. I think, I think it is though. I think it's, it's reminding yourself every day that you're going to do this. You know, it's like you have to set those reminders for yourself that you're you're going to commit to do it again. Yeah. You know, and I think it's it's pretty crazy like, you know, it it's I, I it just everything everything is kind of a mess, you know, like but at the same time, if you're a mess in a certain in different directions, yeah, yeah. you know, then then like it can work. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be this goal like it doesn't have to be this line. It doesn't have to be this like 
straight line to what you're like i feel like that's what a goal yeah. can seem like it's like a, a goal is right there and it's yeah. like okay well i'm just gonna take this to get there yeah you and, know and it's and every slight deviation or, or roadblock you have you're like fuck yeah yeah but but it's not because i mean we live on a planet we live that circles it's a merry-go-round. That's life. Yeah. Merry-go-round. Every day is circular. <laughs> it's circular. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, a success, like, of people, everyone wants to seem like their success is, like, shooting to the star, right? That's, like, a huge thing. Reach for your dreams. Right. Shoot for the stars. Right. It, it's so, like, when have you achieved it? And then when you have achieved it, what do you do now? Die? Exactly. Like, what do you do? Kill yourself now that you achieved your dream? I'm sure that there... I'm sorry I said that, but (laughs) there are certain people who did that. Like, you know, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain. Like, it almost seemed like, oh, we we achieved our thing. We weren't happy. Let's kill ourselves. Like, and that's a very artistic kind of, like stereotype now mm-hmm. but i think there's truth in the fact that it's it we're not recognizing the fact that it that this is a merry-go-round like a person is on top one minute and then they go back around yep. and then they go back around right. and then they go back around and pretty soon like you can get them on your show again you yeah. know like if, even if they shoot up or whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like even if you don't let's even if you achieve your dream you finally do and then yeah, you have nothing else to do all you do is like okay then I'll create another one to then be unhappy for another 10 years. You right. Know? Or, or you like, maintain everything. Like you maintain your, your life and, and you raise your, your standards of everything. But at the same time, you're circling around. Sometimes I wonder, I, there's such a, uh, I feel like out here there's a, there's a plethora of just like former, essentially retired actors and actresses or like, you know, maybe they'll do a part here or there. Mm-hmm. You're just like, like so many like TV stars who kind of had they were famous for like five years or so, and now what did they do? Like, what has their lives been like? I, it's so interesting because like in your head you're like, oh, it's so sad that they haven't like like Rick Moranis, right? Like he hasn't been in anything for like twenty years. Like he hasn't acted at all. But then like I don't know, maybe he's like being a dad or something. Like maybe he's like busy. Like I don't know. Maybe he's not process right obsessed or something well it was i think it's more it's more of like acting is such a passive thing especially when you're just pursuing acting Mm. i could never just be an actor Mm. because you're just going to auditions and then you wait yeah go to another audition you wait and not only that you go to the job you do the job you wait for the next job it's all waiting acting is so much waiting Mm. that's why and all these guys who yeah they had a career for a while and then they didn't it was because they were beholden to that thing that that opportunity was their opportunity and they got their opportunity but then that opportunity ended and now it's done it's over like that's why i like writing and creating things because that's the staying power i think in and at least at the end of the day i can be writing making new things that are more about where i am right now yeah that's what a lot of people didn't get to do before technology before cameras were so easily available they were so at whim to producers to other people you know and you've been uh you've been in like lots of mediums for a while right like you've been you had like some sketch stuff you've done sketch you've done podcast you've done yeah. run show so like to me it's something more recent i'd say the past year-ish that i've really started putting out in the more mediums and i you know i love having different instead of trying to sh- like shove all of your ideas through let's say the stand-up right grinder and then a lot of them just don't work in that context because they're just not they're interesting or they're good but they're not it's not a translatable comedy idea through the artist. Like I just, it's so liberating to have different 
yeah mediums you know yeah yeah and it should be it should be fun to be like okay let's make a sketch this is supposed to be fun this That's is fucking forget something yes man. this is supposed to be fun yeah That's the man. whole reason that we're doing this theoretically uh-huh. instead of uh-huh. just accepting an office job uh-huh. yep like if then that's fine look if i could if i could be happy with like an office job and i i would like that's fine I, I this is i don't think it's about maybe being happy in an office job maybe it is i don't know i don't yeah. know i i don't i think it's more about just like just kind of like getting wrapped up in life like you, you which almost everyone does yeah. like everyone gets so wrapped up in life they're like oh yeah well i'm just like a, have you seen f is for family I saw the pilot episode of it. It was pretty good, but the intro, I, I really like the show, but the intro is great because it's like, it shows how like most people, most average people just get wrapped up in life and they like kind of ignore their dreams, ignore their talents, yeah. ignore their ambitions. But the thing is, that's getting harder and harder to do because those kinds of jobs are disappearing totally. because they're so passive. Totally. Like they're a passive job. You sit at a place, you go to a job, you sit there like... What do you do? Uh, I do this thing, you know, and then you stay at that same job. It's very passive. You're not selling yourself every day, which everyone used to look at like, you know, acting as this crazy pie in the sky. My dad was my dad was like, you know, acting. There were all these actors that we lived with on the beach. I'm meandering, but and (laughs) they would uh, and I remember they would be like playing video games like they were adults and they were like playing video games. And my dad would just look at them and go, that's an actor playing video games you know like but it wasn't it was just a person who wasn't doing what they're doing you know yeah like like they weren't fulfilling any kind of greater right they were using that as an excuse they were using that label as an excuse and i think that i i don't know why i brought this up i'm sorry man no you're no it's fine it's uh is i i think about like cycles of passive and active in my own life too and i stopped playing video games i used to be like super into games for like most of my adolescence most of my childhood etc early college years i finally once my like ps3 broke like two years ago i was like all right that's a sign because it is like for me it's a it's a heroin type addiction into that Mm -hmm. yeah passive vicarious thing but i don't know at the same time I don't think you can be fully active all no, the time. You no. have to recharge. You have to yes. get new input. You have it, you have to listen. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's talk, a conversation is talking and listening, talking back and forth. And if you are only listening, then it's not a conversation. If you're only talking, it's not a conversation. So I don't. It's I think sometimes my anxiety can come about like demonizing the passive, and like I can't ever let myself rest, right. or I feel guilty. Right. I can't watch it like. I'm seeing a movie today, like right after this, and it's like a big. It's a, such a coup for my well-being to be like, I'm gonna let myself see a movie today. <laughs> yeah, you know. Are you seeing it with people? Or are you? Yeah, gonna... with people. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. Are you are you fine with feel, being passive? Like, what's your? Uh, I have I have a huge anxiety about being passive. Not only do I have huge anxiety about being passive, I have huge anxiety about being alone. Yeah. You know, and yeah. being passive alone is like the one-two punch of just like, you know, you sitting watching a movie alone or you sitting like, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to like, you know, to do that yeah. because it's like, not do have, only... Do you have roommates? No, I don't right now. So, yeah. I mean, you know, so I am, you know, alone a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, I mean, I've been doing the artist way. Have you ever done the artist way? Uh, yeah. 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 
Okay. Well, yeah, I'm doing it right now, and it's been a crazy experience of just... It's terrifying how much it's changing my life. Like, it's... Te- no, it's great. Changing yeah. my nut life. And... And in very subtle ways. But the big thing with the artist way you're talking about it is that there's so few people, especially in entertainment, especially comedians, but even it goes from – it's a culture. It goes from comedians to CEOs. CEOs at like top Fortune 500 companies, they did a study on all the CEOs. Almost none of the CEOs take vacations. Yeah. None of them do because they're worried as soon as they get back from their vacation, their job's going to be gone. Yeah. Because someone is going to needle their way in to their position. Right. So they have to stay there to protect their job. Comedians feel the same way. I need to be doing this many sets to stay relevant. I need to be doing this all the time. Yeah. And the thing is, it that works. It works. But what happens is you kill your soul like you literally just kill your soul like yeah well when i think i think definitely when you're in you're approaching it from that that sort of mindset i think there are people who are workaholics that actually just love simply love working and that's um, right i don't know that, that's something to aspire to for me is to like just love like some people some yeah. people just do comedy yeah you're right a lot of people are driven sort of by a more success kind of ladder climbing shit but then if you can be like no i like yeah, an entrepreneur is basically always on the clock. You know, when you're starting up a business, yeah. Anytime you decide to not work when you're the head of a business, basically means that you're you're giving up potential work time. So you're always there's always something else you could be doing. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It, it's hard to uh, it's hard to like reverse engineer that sort of mindset. You know. Yeah. I mean it. I, again, it goes back. I mean, I think with the fun, it, especially with like entertainment, um, fun is like, it, 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 like, it, to me, it's like it should be a celebration that you're doing this thing. Yeah. That you're. That's what I like about yoga. Like yoga is clear to a lot of people. There's some people who have are like, oh, you're just a yoga teacher. I've heard that from people before. But I think a lot of people appreciate that you're giving them a service. Mm-hmm. You know that you're giving them your time to like make them feel better. Yeah. And I think a comedian can feel kind of the same way. And I think that's the best way for a comedian to feel is that you're providing a service. You're providing entertainment for people, Mm -hmm. which is a real need. People need to forget about what their shit is and they need to just sit back and laugh. Yeah. You know, and they need to heal and they need to laugh and heal. And I think Mm -hmm. that um, if and uh, same thing with acting, like all these things you're providing them a service you're giving them a face for this thing i mean these are all the things i do so <laughs> yeah but you know uh what? i think when you can look at it as healing and look at it as as doing stuff like that yeah. well again if you if we dive deeper into like what is healing about it like what is healing what is is therapeutic i think i don't know i feel like ultimately it, it usually boils down to different different methods of uh quieting the ego of or ignoring the ego maybe you know whether when it's in comedy you're sort of doing it through a group hypnosis right. <laughs> type thing and you're uh the the fun and the play of comedy that's that and the just even the idea of fun and not taking yourself too seriously is such a liberating thing because then you it's we don't ma- like i don't know i pers i joe just don't matter that much in the grand scheme of things but and I need to remember that more and more often. That's what that's that's what comedy offers. Yeah. Yoga 
it's a I don't know it's such a deep in touch like tuning yourself so fully with your body and so fully with the earth and your fellow uh, being <laughs> performing yeah. the same thing it's it's another way of being like right there's something greater than me and right. my, whatever version like whatever little movie that my ego has been sort of playing today yeah. about how my life is going it's that movie doesn't exist like I've just been I'm just I'm constantly inventing that movie yeah there's nothing inherent about the movie of my life yeah you know yeah there, there isn't yeah you're right yeah but um we, I was just gonna say, like, and that's sort of what has me interested in like screenwriting more than I than I used to be. Is this yeah. idea that we do cre- we can create our own narratives? Oh, yeah, you know? that's the that's the life, you know. Like, um, I I don't know. I do a lot of self development stuff, but there's this book, um, not Dark Side of the Lice Chasers, but there was another one part of it. But it's all about the story you tell yourself and how of your life. Like, you tell yourself a story of your life, and yeah. and if it's a like a good story. Then you're having a probably gonna have a good life. Yeah. If you're telling yourself a bad story, then you're. I mean, obviously there are things that like that they're outside circumstances, but those can be overcome by a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can. Totally. They really can. You know, that's the lie well, a that, lot of people say is that like you know, a person is very a part, person who's motivated and can overcome. I, yeah, a lot of stuff. I, I think it comes down. I think it starts with realizing. I don't know. For me, it started when it's like realizing there's not in, there's nothing inherently true about a negative story I told myself. Like it just doesn't have to be true. Yeah. What was maybe I think where that, but early in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like growing up, I think a lot of times maybe you do have a positive. I mean, if depending on your childhood, I right. guess. But like when you grow up and you fully believe in the positive version of your story and you don't realize it's sort of flimsy, that's when your bubble can burst a little bit. When something derails this dream life you had. And that's when mm-hmm. we see like, but that was a weak dream to- that can be delayed a hundred percent. But when there's that initial realization that it was just a dream, right. it was just a goal. It was just a fan. It was a movie I had been writing, planning with a one ending and, <laughs> Like I'm picturing like a gymnast, right? Somebody imagine being a gymnast or some high level performance athlete, but in a niche sport where you know you're never going to make money from it, but right. you're going to dedicate your life to it. And then you like don't imagine doing that, and then like you don't either you don't get to the Olympics or you only ever get silver. I mean, there's a fuck ton of people out there like that. Yeah. If you've been writing your movie in your own head the whole time, you're going to be like shit. Where the fuck do I get? Like, what? This is not how the movie ends. But I don't know. At some point, then you. Re- I don't know. I feel like now you're. I- I'm able. Maybe the key, the trick, if you can sustain it, is picking a good narrative for yourself, but also realizing, eh, like I don't know how it's going to turn out. I just a general. I feel like it's going to be a good story. Yeah. Is that you feel me on that? Yeah. yeah. Um. I I I think the whole thing is that. It's never over. That's the thing. That's what it's every story. Every story. It's never over. I, I love that. Uh, there's a Snoopy quote. Because um, you won't know when it's over. You really won't. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like like everyone's like I'm worried about. You're never gonna know when that happens. Yeah. So you never. It really never is over while you're conscious. Yeah. It's you know. It's like so. Maybe a chapter ends. Maybe something. a chapter ends. 
Right, exactly. Chapter ends, and then a new chapter. I love that that uh, play, the Neil Simon play, Chapter Two. You know, oh, I I've never read. It's that. a great play, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. That just reminded me of that yeah, because it's just it was so whimsical, and at the same, that's the thing I think we've lost, especially in stand up, is that sense of whimsy, that sense of like. Because comedy used to be so much more light and free and, right. you know, and, and everyone says, oh, well, that's big comedy. You yeah. know, now it's more deadpan. And it's it's like it's it's so funny that like our comedy, our culture is so much more recyclable now. It's like, yeah, you just like it like it's like a water bottle. You know, it's like buying a water bottle at the store. It's like buying an actor. You know, yeah. you buy an actor to say the line and it's the guy who says the line. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. and it, everyone everyone's got the half smile and like then the delivery. Like it's contagious. Yeah. That that that's how comedy kind of goes. But that sense of whimsy, that sense of like aliveness, you yeah. know, I, that's that's what I want to channel for the rest of my life. Yeah. It really is. Well, the best people, my favorite people to watch are like that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because, like, I mean, I've met so many 90-year-olds who are like that still. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't stop. Like, yeah. Dick Van Dyke is still like that. <laughs> you know, like, you yeah. can't stop being like that. If you really channel it through your whole life, you really don't have to stop. Yeah. You can be that that 90-year-old who jumps like my Diana Adams was my favorite person, but she jumped on a sled down the hill. Yeah, you know when she was in her nineties, I was like a five year old kid, and she would go headfirst down a hill, yeah. sledding. And it's like, where does she get all this energy? You know, it's like, and yeah, we, we we you know we slow down like our bodies do, but we don't have to. We our perspective can remain. Yeah, but you know what else? I bet I. I bet Dick Van Dyke doesn't beat himself up when he's sad. I bet Dick Van Dyke doesn't <laughs> deny that he, he's not like, oh man, like I'm not allowed to get sad. No, Dick Van Dyke, I am sure is like, yeah, I was sad. I'm sad. Yeah, exactly. Sad. You never deny yourself. That's the whole thing. Like, Dude, there's so many people who deny themselves. I, our culture just has a, such a fucked up relationship towards emotion in general. Yeah. I, have you seen Inside Out the movie? Yeah, I loved Inside Dude, Out. Dude, that movie fucked me up <laughs> for like. Three weeks. That's all I could think about. <laughs> like, just because I had shut off my, I had shut off allowing myself to feel sadness. And when I realized, like, no, you can, you can use some alchemy to trans. Like, it's not only, not only can you make sadness a good thing. You need to accept the sadness that comes yeah. to you. If you resist that shit, then the rest crumbles. All it just crumbles down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's sort of like when so our culture has this fucked up relationship with emotion. That's why we have like deadpan. All that, that's just a desk. That's like so much deadpan or ironic detachment. Yeah, it's exactly it's detachment. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a defense mechanism that's um, because they're scared of 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 um, saying something that's not good or right. saying something that's not funny. Right, they're scared of not but, being funny. If you're not one thing, you're not funny. Everyone's mm, well, I'm I, over. I'm I, over this. I think it's an even deeper level of just being scared of your emotions. That's, right, uh, you know, and it's like which it's, is funny. It's fun. It's it's sad. It's sad and it's funny. I mean, I as somebody who's been been through that being scared, scared of, of like having emotions or like because yeah. there's also the other i mean here's devil's advocate side is that rationality is an important thing and being able to not let your emotions dictate everything you do in your life it's a it's basically the only way we can function in a society if we were all purely emotional creatures then we'd have fucking chaos all the time right we do need some rules we do need some rationality in there but um 
I don't know. But I don't it, think performance is a rational thing. No. That's why I do it. Well, I don't know. It's But it's it, yeah. there is rational things to it in the business end. I'm not very good at the business end, to be yeah. quite honest. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not. But I think it's all about the hat you wear. I think you have to assess the situation. You have to play the game that other people are playing. Yeah. You know? Are you a big Ram Dass fan? Ram Dass? Do you know who that is? Yeah. Oh, man, dude. I almost want to let you borrow this book. Be okay, cool. Now. Okay, He's, cool. Ram Dass is like... One, He's rich. He started off Richard Alpert, took a fuck ton of LSD. It makes him sound crazy, but like the dude ended up being the sort of like spiritual, mm-hmm. really spiritual giant. Like, and it's hard to. Some people, I'm sure, think it's like woo woo, new agey, hippie shit. Uh-huh. But I don't know. And maybe, and sometimes it kind of is. But like, one thing he one quote. I'll just say one quote. That's that's all I wanted to say. Was <laughs> that. Yeah. That the idea that the mind is a wonderful servant but a terrible master. So like our rational thinking is excellent at accomplishing things, at like figuring out like mm-hmm. logistics, you know, stuff like that. But like to be led by it constantly, that just that's such a gray life. That's such a like it's a life lacking any vividness, any color. Right. You know what you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's 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 a balance between yeah, everything. Um it is. Um that being said, I think that you have to be crazy to make it in show business. <laughs> I think you have to bit. be crazy. A little bit. I do. I genuinely yeah. do because you have to believe that things are leading to other things, which is Insanity. Yeah. You have to believe in, like, the law of attraction. Like, you're attracting things around you. You're attracting the kind of people you are that are around you. I don't think it's that insane. Other people would say, that's insane. (laughs) That you think you're attracting all these things to you. That how you, every time you wake up in the morning, what you think about is that makes itself a reality. Yeah. In someone. In your day. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that idea that we share, that we are on these wavelengths. I mean, I don't think it's crazy at all because, I mean, Tesla, you look at that Tesla quote that we're all made up of light and energy. That's all we are. I mean, I had one very deep spiritual experience in float labs. Have you ever done float labs? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it too. And one of the deepest, it's so funny because everyone has a different experience of the spiritual. You know, like I went in and I had this crazy feeling of just... My body, my spirit left my body. It was just like hovering above me and it was just light and energy and pure light and energy and I could have no thoughts. I could have no ego. I could have no personality. I could have nothing. I was just a beam of light and energy and I was just shooting up. And then the other guy who was in the thing next to me was like, yeah, dude, that was a great stretch. I had a great (laughs) stretch. I napped. You know, like, and it's just like, you have to laugh and you have to say that like, Everyone is unique and different in how they perceive everything. Yeah, well, especially when we're talking about uh, you know sensory deprivation tanks. I mean, that's the whole idea is that you you are when we when we isolate all of our senses and we and we climb into one of these <laughs> these little egg, egg yeah. pod things. All you're left is with, is with your mind. All you're left with is yeah yeah whatever the chatter. You're left with the chatter, and that's when you start. It's a it's a kind of a shortcut to a deep meditative experience because you're able to start pinpointing the chatter faster. Mm-hmm. Being like, and once you start, that's like I don't know. Do you, you a meditator? Seems mm-hmm. like you would be. Yeah, that's what I love. I, I've not been in good practice the past month or so, but like, you're in that good stretch. It's so cool to be like, 
So it's just to be able to stop yourself. That's all it is. And that's and it's like stop yourself and begin in the present again. Yeah. And that's one definition of yoga I've heard too, is that like because it's not just physical yoga, the yoga like spiritual yoga, emotional, interpersonal yoga. There's all these different styles and that, that's all it is. It's like beginning again. Right. And it's not about stressing, oh I'm not I haven't accomplished this goal. I'm not where I want to be yet. No, no, no. Just stop, accept, <laughs> start over. Yeah. And that's and that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're like it is. You're like, no way, man. <laughs> no, that is what it is. I'm sorry. You used to stop and yeah, you have to I think yeah, I think I think if I could just post one thing above my bed and just say it to everyone is keep going. Mm. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. If I could say it like a million times a day I would say it. And I'm saying it for myself, I'm saying it for everyone else, keep going. Yeah. You know? Because it is. That's all. That's who makes it. The person who keeps going. Person who doesn't stops. They certainly stop. And then they didn't make it. But the person who keeps going, they they keep going. They keep going. <laughs> um, so we're about at that point of the show where we get to the gimmick part of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the gimmick. I like it. Perfect. So do you want to do you want to make your own religion right now? Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah. The basic, the first question is, what is a, what kind of God thing, what is, what is your conception of God, if you have one? Yeah. I think we definitely don't understand God. Um, I think we can see all the horror and the beauty in God in ourselves, in every person and uh, I think we're a species and so we're connected on a very deep level that cannot be explained by science mm-hmm. perfectly can't be replicated perfectly by science uh, and it's not perfect that's the whole thing it's imperfect mm-hmm. it's an imperfect uh yet uh moments of such clarity with other human beings and spirit spiritual connections so um i guess i guess my vision of spirituality is it's definitely not one being it's systems it's systems like we were saying it's systems and it's it's our group together it's it's what we make together it's a hard conception maybe i i believe we each are possessed with like a grain of god yeah yeah yeah. it's sort of paradoxical and that's sort of what makes it cool is uh yeah we are we have our individuality and yet we do have this imperfect connection with each other and that's but at the same time, it's, moments of perfect connection, or not perfect connection, but yeah. seemingly like, like primal, like yeah, the bond that we have as humans is something that nobody it can never be fully eradicated. You know, as much as we put on our own these sort of like man-made type of constructs that can make us feel separate from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, technology being one of them, it makes us it and it's like heightens egoic thinking versus that primal. Yeah. Level. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess I would say that, like, yeah, God is energy. I would say that. Cool. 
in our our overarching ethos, I, I think we had it earlier, was keep going. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we have some kind of God's energy systems. Keep going. <laughs> Do we have any kind of, like, worship service that, like, oh, yeah. highlights this? Yeah. Um... Not even it, worship service just puts a lot of pressure on it, you know. Is, is there any kind of like gat, <laughs> gathering? Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, I think, it implies a certain connotation. That I think, um, I think that gathering should be. Um, I, I need to work on this more. I've done some community service in my life, but I know that's the big part that's missing hmm. from my life. Um, it's a big part. Because when you're giving to other people, um, or helping other people, or things like that, you really are giving back to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and seen, I, yeah. Have you seen Avenue Q? You know Avenue Q? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you help others, you can't help helping yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's all, it's all like, there's good helping and then there's bad helping too. You know, you always, you're not always going to be in a... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. all a balance. Basically, in the end, it's all a balance, uh, balancing act. So do we do we have is like yoga part of sort of the like if we have a kind of a worship service yeah. type thing or a gathering or a, a meetup, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. Like what would we have yoga as a part of that? Would would comedy be a part of that? Music, dancing. I think yes, it would be music, dancing. Uh, more primal type shit, yeah? More primal shit, yeah. That's that's what I'm about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... I mean, like, what would they even say? Like, I don't know... Um, yeah, I think free movement is a big thing to me. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love... Um, What else would a worship be? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like it's funny because, like, we again, like, it, it. I would just like it to be like, you know, like, like the religion churches, uh, like, they used to be like the only club organization in town. Yeah, they used to be the only social gathering. Everything, so everything went through. The church right. in Western society, right. everything, music, well, culture, language, and same with the mosque in uh, right in, in Muslim right. societies, and, yeah. yeah. And now everything is siphoned off and split off, and everything. I want, I want it to be the ultimate variety show or <laughs> ultimate yeah. variety experience. You know, like yeah. it's an experience because I, you know, I think in the future, like passive entertainment is is I don't know. It's gonna it. There's some people who are going to be passive and have passive entertainment, but active entertainment and active living and active, all these things um, are going to be way more like what's, you know, like with motivational speakers like Tony Robbins or all these people like they're they're entertainers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But they motivate you, too, you know, and uh, and they're also crazy. Uh, (laughs) again, it goes back to crazy, right? Yeah. You know, you can, you can write them off. You can try and pin him, pin him down and say, it's, you know, whatever snake oil or, you know, all these things you can pin off and put snake oil on this or that in the end, it's, 
it is what it is. It's all it's all crazy. No one no one knows for sure what's what's um going on <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, right. So we have some kind of like chaotic primal variety show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Definitely not I I I I um I definitely don't want it to be organized and everyone dresses up in a suit and blah blah blah. I think you not totally dress how you want. I don't know. Dress dress more or less how you want. Why not? More or less how you want. Yeah. Come you, gonna be but pe- let's be reasonable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I I guess yeah, I guess dress how you want. Is there, I, any, is there any kind of overarching rule to this? Any kind of like big no no? <laughs> um Yeah. Um I mean I feel like I want it to be a safe space at the same time, mm-hmm. um, but that goes against my primal dancing crazy thing. But I don't know; it it doesn't really. I mean, I think I just I want I want the people to be like I guess in any religion needs to vet who they allow yeah. into it. Yeah. And yeah, I would want to allow people who are kind-hearted and you know, and genuine in their need for community. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like genuine in their need for community because I don't want people in my thing. I'm not just trying to expand just to expand like all countries do and yeah, all these yeah. things do they expand just to expand for power, for power and influence, right. but then they end up Letting or clubs or organizations or anything when it gets or businesses whenever it gets too big, and then you just you allow people who don't really want to be there, and it's like (laughs) why why would you go to a thing you don't want to be at? But there are a lot of people do that. They go to things that they don't want to be at, and I definitely don't want my thing to be be something that people don't want to be at, or they would look to destroy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to let people in who wanted to destroy the thing. Right, right, and that because then we would no longer have the thing. Right, so. Yeah, fuck off. Don't destroy the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're about out of time. I think, um, okay. do we... It's hard to come up with a name. It's, it's so hard to come up with a name for these. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I said this to Jeff, and he said, that sounds like the name of a nursing home. What is that? Uh, but Thrive. Thrive. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be a dope nursing home. <laughs> right? Yeah, that'd be a dope. Be... You'd want to go to that nursing home? No, Thrive? I, I think Thrive, I think it captures it pretty well. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks, it man. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. I love this. This is fun. Tight. Tight. And that's the show, everyone. Thanks again for sticking around. Thanks to Andrew Yanker for coming over. Uh, check out his podcast, Morning Yoga. If you're in L.A., check out his show, Parties On. And uh, if you're on YouTube, as long as you're not a Philistine, you are. Check out his sketches, You've Just Missed. That's what it's called, You've Just Missed. And yeah, if you like this show, subscribe on Stitchers and iTunes, like the Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, and uh, be a pal. I would love to hear from you. And thanks again, y'all. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, this podcast. And it's re- I'm honored that y'all are listening. I love you, and Ja Rule. What's a creative podcast network?